It is time. Pour that wine so you are feeling fine. Kick up your feet and take a seat. Fancy a blather? Let's have one together. Hello and welcome to Fancy a Blather podcast. I am your host, Kirsty Taylor, and this week I'm going to be joined by Fiona Sturrock to talk about how to handle and effectively deal with grief. So um, stay tuned for that episode, but first let's kick off into our intro. So yeah, um, we always start off with a small wonder of the week. If you're new, that's the that's the standard. Um, if you're old, welcome back. If you're new, it's nice to have you here. Feel free to listen back to some episodes. I have to say we've had some pretty epic ones. I did see say this on Small Talk on Wednesday, which actually went on on Thursday because I lost track of my days again. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, with Naomi, that um, we have reached over 1,000 listens on Anchor, and I just wanted to reiterate we are so grateful for that and thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. It's been a real, real joy to um, to make the podcast and uh, yeah, I love every second of it and I love doing Small Talk with Naomi and I love doing this fancy blather where I get to interview loads of wonderful and very interesting people like the lovely Fiona Stark. So yeah, so anyway, my small wonder of the week. So this week, um, I don't know, I've just, I've been really obsessed with the sky every morning and every night on the way home from work what's new but um on my way to work for like a quick second you can see the um the like windmills of um Aberdeen Beach and them with the sunrise in the background it's just everything but just windmills with a good light they just look so beautiful and it was just like watching a port like a a picture or a painting an oil painting come to life and it's just oh so stunning and I'm so mad because my photography just never does the sky justice it just never will but um yeah so I guess my small wonder of the week is like windmills and nice lighting is that really weird what a weird small wonder to have but um as we know on fancy blather they're always pretty wacky so um yeah so now what I'm engaging with so this week actually this is recent I've started watching um trial four on um Netflix it's about um um Sean Ellis who was wrongfully accused of the murder of a cop um in America in Boston to be specific and it's all about his um really messed up experience of the justice system and um it's very very interesting and I've seen a couple of things like this and I don't think I I will ever truly understand how horrific that is and um yeah it's not an easy watch but it's an important watch and um yeah of course support people like the Innocent Project who are working to make sure things that happen to Sean Ellis do not happen again so that is what I've been engaging with this week and I do recommend if you are in the right headspace that you do check that out um obviously particularly if you are um a BAME person and you're struggling with dealing with everything going on or everything that's always been going on it might not be the show for you right now and I completely can understand can empathize but I find I can never be and I know I, I will I know I never will feel how you feel and I will never experience what you experience and for that 
all I can do is try and use my voice for better. Um, so yeah, but that is what I've been engaging with this week. So yeah, now let's kick off into the poem of the week. So as you know, I do write poems and every once in a while, I like to highlight my own work, a little shout out to myself. So um, that is what is happening this week. Um, as you'll discover later on in the episode, I speak to Fiona a little bit about my experience with grief and um, the real time, the time that it really hit me home um, fairly recently, I suppose, like it was in 2019 and um, the loss of my great aunt, Betty, or fondly known by me, to me as B. And um, yeah, it was a real um, earth shattering time for me and something that I'm still trying to, to, um, to what's the term, to move on from and to heal from fully. And um, I honestly, I was very glad to be interviewing Fiona because I definitely will be trying a lot of the things that she suggested. And um, grief is definitely something I've struggled with a lot um more recently actually than um people might realize so um yeah it's something I've just really struggled to ever get to grips with so I wrote this poem um a year after the a year like in April 23rd which was a year after the year she died if you see like she died on April 23rd 2019 and um, I wrote this this year on April 23rd and um it's called another year around the sun Another year around the sun, dreaming of being back with you and having fun. A year gone by since we had to say goodbye. Still, I still remember my knees going weak as I received the call. I still remember my heart crumbling as I finally said the words out loud. Day by day, I picked up the crumbs of my heart and tried to mould them back together. Day by day, I found new crumbs to mould. As time goes by, my heart repairs. No matter how much I mould my heart each day. But it never fits together the same. So yeah, that was my poem. Um, that's on my website, www.observeabsorbright. So that's observe, absorb, right. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. Um, I also have an Instagram account for that if you want to check it out there too. But this poem is on the longer format on the website. Yeah, and that is my poem, which you can check out on my website. So yeah, now we're going to kick off onto our positive news story of the week. Okay, so this week's positive news story comes from goodnet.org, um, which is gateway to doing good. Um, this news story, I love this. This is epic. It's a very teachery story for me. It's in Ireland, and I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce the school name. This is in Gaelic, and um, I don't speak Gaelic. But um, the school replaced homework with acts of kindness. And it says, the best part of kindness is that it brightens a person's day. So it says, a primary school in County Cork, Ireland, gave its students a special gift. Instead of doing math homework or book reports, the children did acts of kindness for the friends, family and community, according to the Irish Post. And that is a much more valuable lesson. Um, the ch children performed these kind acts in December and recorded their acts in writing or pictures in a kindness diary. I love this idea. I'm actually probably going to steal this. Two years ago, the students were required to keep track of what they were grateful for. This year's December project has not yet been announced. Um, this is so cool. So it says, 
In the kindness project, the teacher suggested that the children do kind deeds for an elderly neighbour or a friend who's feeling lonely. Any act that helped to brighten someone's day. The student were, students were also increased to write kind notes to each other oh, that were read at assembly every week. And all the classes got together to come up with a school-wide project to help the community during Christmas season. Okay, I love everything about this story and I'm, I want to work in a school and I'm going to learn Gaelic just to work here. And I really want to... Um, to do it because that's so cool and it says here it was here's another cool thing even the youngest students gained from the experience says um senior infant alice i'm not gonna it's a gaelic last name said it's just good to be kind because let's just say i had a toy and someone didn't have one and they were really sad and then you give one to them that might make them happy oh that's so cool i love that so yeah that is epic good job um County Cork Ireland Primary School that I can't pronounce in I get I'll tell you it's in maybe I can pronounce this in Clona Kilty sorry Irish friends if I butchered that but there you go I love that idea I'm definitely stealing that so yeah that was our um positive news story of the week so we are now into the main section of the podcast and I am now going to be talking to um, Fiona Sturrock, who is a coach, educator, author, and grief specialist. She um, is founded the Seeds of Grief, which you can find at www.seedsofgrief.com, and she is working on her book, Seeds of Grief, which will be out in um, the start of 2021. So you have all of that to look forward to. And yeah, now we're just going to kick into the interview. So yeah, this is Fiona Sturrock and us talking about grief and how it all works. So please enjoy the rest of this week's episode. Hello and uh, welcome Fiona. It is lovely to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Sundays good. are a nice day. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are. It's not too it's not too cloudy outside either, which is nice. It's not too bad today. Um so the first question for you for today is um if someone asked you what is grief, what would your answer be? I know it's quite a big question to start off with. Yeah, um grief is mother nature's healing pill so grief is something that our bodies know what to do our hearts know what to do and um it is a very powerful process for healing that's what grief is to me um kubler ross talks about the five stages of grief Mm -hmm. which is numbness shock um denial sadness anger rage and finally acceptance and so there's a kind of like the academic definition, but the real definition is it's not the nature's healing pill. It's something that we all um, experience at some time in our life. Perfect. So um, what inspired you to write your book, Seeds of Grief? How did that come about in your life? Um, because when I experienced bereavement early on, so by mm-hmm. the age of 19, I had three bereavements, um, including my mother. And I had nobody to guide me. I had no mentors. I got parceled back up to university within two weeks of her death and just told to get on with life. And unfortunately, that meant I had no grief period and I had nobody saying to me, yeah, it's normal that you feel that way. Yes, you've just lost your mother and your grandmother and your childhood companion. Of course you feel like wobbly. Of course you are looking at the world um, and seeing a movie in front of you and you don't feel part of it. Nobody ever said that to me. And so I want to really, what I wanted to do was give people a guide, a guide, a mentor, somebody to hold their hand through the process of grief. Amazing. 
Um, so what are different things that you find prompt grief in people throughout their lives? What are different situations that can cause grief in people's oh, lives? That's a lovely question. Um, so most people associate grief with bereavement, like the loss mm -hmm. of a loved one. But actually grief is in, in many different aspects of our world. So people who have made, made redundant or have left a job after 25 years often feel grief. They don't, they don't label it as grief. They don't understand that they feel sad or angry or confused or they feel in shock, but they are actually experiencing grief. People who get divorced and step out of a marriage after five, 10, 15, 20 years, they need to experience grief. That's a really important part of letting go of a relationship. Um, and then, even changing your identity. So I remember the day I left work to um, go and give birth to my son, mm -hmm. I cried because I knew how to be a working woman. I didn't know how to be a mother. So when we change our identity, we can also feel grief as well. So it pops up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's in your life more than you realize. Is probably absolutely yeah amazing um so would you say that grief does differ from person to person or not and if it does then in what ways does it so do you find that there is kind of a common theme of grief throughout people different people or would you say that it's completely different i know that tends to be like varying opinions on this so i was wondering what your thoughts are yeah that that's you're absolutely right Kirsty. there are varying opinions and most people mm -hmm. say grief takes time and grief this and grief that I have been working with grief for over 20 years and I've researched it. I've personally experienced it through um, 10 losses, bereavements, through relationships ending, through like a whole range of different areas of life. And I would say the process of grief is absolutely the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. It is snot, it is tears, it is heart hurting. Your heart hurts, it physically hurts. It is anger, it is rage, it is um, screaming, it is shouting, it is acceptance, it is putting the pieces back together, it is um, finding a pathway through. So that process, and it's also numbness and shock, you know, just like Kubler-Ross said, there are the five stages and those, those stages of grief are the same across the world, across the world. However, what is unique is what stimulates your grief. Mm -hmm. So the way you lost somebody or who you lost or the way you got made redundant or fired or how you or chose to leave, right? those are all unique to the individuals. But the actual grief process, Mother Nature's healing pill, is the same all over the world. Whether it's an African tribal ritual we're doing around grief or an Aboriginal ritual or a Hindu or a Jewish mm -hmm. or you know it's all the yeah, same it's kind of like a universal language in a way yeah because it comes from the body yeah it doesn't come from the mind and we've all got hearts we've all got tummies we've all got souls and mm -hmm. it comes from that part of us nice. um so what are some coping mechanisms you recommend to your clients or have recommended and have found personally work for you that's potentially a two-part or maybe there's things that you find work for you more than for your clients, what are things that you find are really effective in, um, I guess, handling grief, but because it's a, it's not really a handling of, you talk a lot about like it being a healing pill. So that maybe like the leaning into grief, like how to go about that rather than like the pushing down and pushing away of the experience. Cause I think that's when it becomes more problematic from experience. But 
Yeah, absolutely, Kirsty, you're spot on there. <laughs> you really are. So most of us are trying to avoid our grief or we're trying to push it away or we're trying yeah. to ignore the fact that we were fired or ignore the fact that we just lost the most significant relationship or person in our life. No, no, I can get on, I can get yeah. on. I can do, I can go back to work. I can go to university. I can find a new relationship. Um, and actually the biggest piece is the first thing to accept. Wow, yeah. I'm going to go through a, a period of grief. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through a period of grief to accept it and then to share it. And so grief is not something that you can do alone. It needs to be done in community with other people and um, to be done, to have one human heart, hold another human heart, to be witnessed, you know, to be held. Grief is, if we study grief from the tribal cultures, whole villages come together. Mm-hmm. Help to, to grieve like four or five villages will come together just to help a family grieve we've kind of lost that in the western world <laughs> yeah so my biggest and it's not a coping strategy it's an acceptance strategy of saying yes I'm grieving and actually will you listen to me for 10 minutes will you come and walk with me will you talk to me will you hold my hand while I cry you know will you be with me while I experience this it's to, to yes. share it yeah so you speak a little bit about in um your book or a lot about in your book and like just in general throughout your career about giving space for grief so what does this mean and how can how can people start to do that in their lives like what are different ways that people can engage with creating that space and what are different things you can do in that space if you see what I mean yeah I love that that's a great question um so for example I'm working with somebody at the moment who's Mm -hmm just getting a divorce and uh, and I'm going to answer this through a case study and he went to um he went to his doctor and said oh my heart hurts I think I've got a cardio problem so the doctor did all the tests said no no you've not got cardio problems you're fine uh-huh. and I said no you haven't you, you're stepping out of a 25 year relationship though and your heart's hurting so what we need to do is give you time to talk about that and so you know I speak to him once or twice a month and once a month we, we talk about the relationship and we talk about what it is to, to step out of that relationship and what it means to him. And my, my barometer is if you've been mm-hmm. in something 20, 25 years, you need to give yourself at least a year to get over it. If you've lost somebody, you need to give yourself at least a year. Do you remember in the old days, people used to wear black for a year? Yeah. 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 There's wisdom in those, in those olden days, there's wisdom, <laughs> you know, it takes time so give yourself the time and the space you know talk to somebody um go and find a therapist go and find join a community where you can speak about grief amazing I love how you um talk a lot about like the different ways that people can grieve and how these are all like um are are all grief and isn't one like fundamental thing and I think as well something that you do so well is you speak that to the fact that you can grieve lots of different people in your life I think sometimes in society it's like well were you really that close to someone so for instance I lost my um my great aunt um god maybe last last yeah last April and it was like a horrifically difficult time for me because we were very close although like on a family tree if you were looking back in history you might not associate that relationship with something close but it's interesting that it's not like it's not always so binary I think is something that people so it's like oh well you lost your mum so you're allowed to grieve for this amount of time oh well you lost your best friend so you're allowed to grieve but oh well that was just your great aunt or that was just your gran or 
oh well that was just your friend you didn't really know them that well kind of thing although no one really knows the relationship between those two people apart from the people that are in it so I think that I love the way that you make that such a thing that people can because it can be hard to be like when people say oh well why are you so upset about it and it's like well (laughs) just because she's my great aunt doesn't mean we weren't incredibly close and didn't have a lot going on and I think that getting to know you and speaking to you about grief has made such like a profound difference for me personally because I really did push away grief for a long time and just stayed like really busy to the point where I just would bubble up and explode at random times and not really know why and I think it's something that can become not just like a problem randomly but in your daily life because it's it is it's kind of becomes like a physical health problem where you can't work out like what's wrong with me why do I not feel good like why am I always feeling so ill and it's because your heart needs time to heal so I love how you put that and I think that's an important message for um for people to realize that the relationships only happen between the two people that are in it if you see what I mean I think that's the same a, a lot with more with that I suppose people are not always so quick to say that with a death because it's maybe a bit mean but especially with breakups I think that can be a big thing and that is a big thing in terms of if it's a boyfriend or something or a girlfriend and potentially maybe not something that's gone on for a long time people can be quick to say oh well just get into bed as an ex-person or oh just you just need to rebound you just need to get over them or eat some ice cream so I wonder what kind of advice do you give particularly I guess to younger people dealing with breakups and maybe even experiencing them for the first time and not understanding why they feel so upset because society's never really allowed us society has never really allowed us to realize that that's quite normal if you see what I mean so I wonder what your thoughts were on that yeah um, you made so many brilliant points there (laughs) so many brilliant points so the first the first thing is like people avoid their grief right Mm -hmm. like you said you avoided it for a year and again going back to culturally um, what, what in Africa they have a grief ritual and then a year later they have another grief ritual so if your okay. aunt died a year ago I would really invite you like a year down the line on the day she died just to get together with your family and just celebrate mm-hmm. with, talk with her and talk about her and if the tears come allow the tears to come if the memories come allow the memories to come because it's making that space and then um, that that will give your chance heart to heal again and it'll give it chance to heal in community with the other people who are affected by her loss and that's really important and in terms of breakups and the other one is pets dying pets dying never gets any credibility do you know what i mean like oh yeah Yeah. you You can't just buy another dog that was your yeah it's your companion yeah exactly and so people who are losing pets or were early breakups um young in life when you get derailed and Again, just give yourself permission to know that whatever length of time you've been in the relationship for, you're allowed to grieve it. And the first thing to do is accept, I am in grief and I'm going to allow myself to cry. I'm going to allow myself to beat up a pillow to get rid of some (laughs) of the anger so it doesn't leak out. Like you said, oh, I just kept exploding. I just kept exploding and I didn't know why. Because inside your body, your body was going, I'm hurting. I'm really hurting. I'm really upset and sad that my aunt died. I'm really angry that she left. I really didn't want her to go. 
and so I, it, it was exploding all over the place versus if you'd have just taken a pillow or gone and done some kickboxing a healthy way of getting the anger out a healthy mm -hmm. way of releasing it it's really the body it's like a catharsis catharsism the body just will thank you afterwards because you've got rid of all that pain because if we turn it in on ourselves again and it was the point you made it can cause health problems it can cause anxiety it can cause yeah. um, eating disorders it can cause especially in young people self-harming you know all of those things can come in and so it's really important to have to express in a healthy way your emotions so if you want to go to the gym and do some kickboxing or if you want to beat a pillow or if you just want to say to somebody can you just let me screen for two minutes and witness me then you know full permission to do that that is a healthy part of being human we we all crying is normal shouting is normal stamping our feet is normal if you think about a toddler mm -hmm. i mean those lovely temper tantrums that they have mm -hmm. and then the next minute they're smiling well why are they smiling because they've got rid of all their negative energy right or not negative they've got rid of all of their anger and their screaming yeah, yeah. just let it free it's like when do we when do we get stopped from just Letting it all out, you know, those toddlers have got the right idea. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so is there any resources or even activities? So you spoke a little bit about kickboxing and um, other ways to anger, but is there any other perhaps movement things or just um, resources, maybe obviously your book, but any other places that you'd really recommend or tell people to look out for of course communities maybe there's some communities that you think work particularly well um for people who are listening to have a look at especially if they're in this time of grieving and not really sure where to go with that if you see what i mean yeah so um there's a depending on where you are with your grief there's different types so i've got okay. a community on micro networks um mm -hmm. which is set up for people who are sort of three to six months down the line, they've come out of the shock period and they're ready to actually work on their grief. And yeah. so I've got programs, I've got um, a community to help people move through that on Mighty Networks. But you can also go to places like Cruise, um, who are there to help you talk about grief as well. Um, or, I mean, COVID is not the best because we're all in lockdown. Um, yeah. But there is a, some really good resources is the Five Rhythms Dance Community is a really, really good resource because we want to move our body. We want to give our body permission to express everything that is contained inside it. We want it out of our body and our body wants to express it. So dance is a really good way of doing that. And Gabrielle Roth's work, um, the Five Rhythms, is an amazing because she's mapped the rhythms of music onto the human emotional expression journey. So oh, wow. that's a cool. resource for people. Amazing. Um, so what do you find is the importance of a community whilst grieving? So you've spoken about that a little bit, but I guess maybe there's anything else you wanted to add that just to really um, drill home the idea that a community can make such a profound difference in your experience of grieving rather than it being something that you just have to suffer through alone, but rather it being something that you can express and can heal from in a community setting and with other people supporting you yeah so uh, i'll use myself as a case study my mum died um when i was 19 and she was the third death in a row like at 15 mm -hmm. 17 19 and i went back off to university and got on with life and i um got anxiety attacks really bad anxiety attacks like debilitating ones they impacted yeah. all of my life and i had them for 10 years and then i did some emotional release work within a community with a group of women and um, I, I, 
actually grieved my grief. And when, once I'd released it, then I was free. I was like, the anxiety attack stopped and I let go of all that emotional baggage and I felt amazing. And what I learned through that process and what, I've re what my research has found out, like through the African grief rituals, the Aboriginals, the mm -hmm. Jewish, is that it is the fact that you're being held, you're being witnessed, it creates safety, um, you're being loved. And people think, oh, I can go through this alone. You can't. Like, because if you, you like find yourself screaming, you think, oh my God, I'm crazy. Or I, when I had anxiety attacks, I thought, oh my God, there's something really wrong with me here. There's something really wrong. I don't know what it is, but something's really wrong. And actually there was nothing wrong with me. All it was was my body going, knock, 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 knock. I've got grief in here and it needs to be expressed. I've yeah. got grief. And then when I had a safe place, with other women, with sisters, mm -hmm. I could release it. And they held me in it and they held me through it. And they, at the end of it, they just looked at me and were just like, you're fine. You're great. You're good. You know, we've all been there and we have. Yeah, right? for and sure. There's, you know, we've all, we all come together to hold each other's hearts. Amazing. So, um, as a trainee teacher or student teacher, whichever term you prefer to use, doesn't really matter. Um, I often experience children grieving for different reasons. So um, it's a space which I'm just entering, but obviously I'm going to be spending at least the next little while, who knows how long, um, dealing with Anna. So what advice would you give to people working in education, in education to navigate this space? Because there is a, a kind of a responsibility of an educator, but I think there's so many responsibilities sometimes as an educator and particularly as someone starting out in the career from my experience and my friends, it's, it can be quite um, overwhelming to try and navigate all these different spaces. So any advice for how to navigate um, children grieving for different reasons, whether that's bereavement or um, parental divorce or trans children is something that's definitely becoming not more of a thing because it's always been around, but more accepted so then it's becoming more of a conversation, I suppose, than something that's yeah. brushed under the carpet, now, which is an excellent thing. But I think and just any advice on how to navigate these spaces as an educator would be amazing. Yeah. So the first thing is to remember that you're part of a team. So mm -hmm. you're not alone as an educator. You've got other teachers around you. You've got a supervising teacher. And if you see a child in your class who is struggling, and it could be that they, their behavior starts to change, maybe they start to be to bully other children, or maybe they start to go quieter and, and mm -hmm. kind of come away. Your role is so important because it, all it takes is one person to make a difference in a child's life. And what they need is a tender place. They need a tender place to be heard, to be listened to, and they need to be believed in. They really do. It's like to remind them that they have the resources within themselves and also to say to them that you are a resource and you can get other resources to help them. So if they need therapy, you can pull in the school therapist. If you need, um, you know, somebody to sit and have lunch with them because they've got an eating disorder popping up, then you can arrange for somebody to have lunch with them. So there's some very practical things, mm -hmm. but primarily it's just that safe place. You're the safe place for the child to come. You're the independent, neutral, safe place. And to really be there just to say, you know, if you need to talk, I'm here and remind them when they are talking to you that they are amazing little beings, you know, and they're going through a tough time right now 
what's what can really support them is to lean into your the relationship with you to really lean into it and know that they can trust you and that you're a safe place and if they talk to you that's amazing that's take that as the biggest gift because a lot of especially teenagers stop talking you know yeah <laughs> yeah so the fact Very that true. they trust you enough to talk is is really important and to tell them to normalize it that's the most important thing really normalize it it's normal that you feel this way of course you feel this way of course you feel angry at your parents for divorcing of course you feel angry at your dad of course you feel like this you know you can get them to write letters that they don't post. You can get them to do drawing. Art therapy is very good for children so that it finds a way to express it and get them to model things with clay because creativity helps them to express as well because you want them to be expressing, mm -hmm. not in an unhealthy way, bullying the child or going silent, but actually in a healthy way through art or through clay or through talking or dancing. Nice. Perfect. Um, so yeah, that is all we have time for today. But just before we go, um, where can our listeners find your work? Where can they find you? Where, where will they be able to find your book, etc, etc? So the book's coming out next year. Um, okay, so keep their eyes peeled. So, absolutely. Um, I've got a website called seedsofgrief.com. Um, but mm -hmm. if you are in a place where you're ready to work on your grief and you want to move through it, then there's a mighty network called Seeds of Grief mighty networks where all my programs and courses are so that's the best place perfect perfect well thank you so much for joining me fiona this conversation was excellent and i'm sure the listeners are going to love it so thank you great thank you great. My bye. Pleasure. Bye. Bye.